Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as always by Omaha. Also, welcome to the month of March. One of the best sports months out there on the calendar. March Madness is nigh. Before that, we have the conference tournaments awaiting our eyeballs and our hearts. I can't wait for those. Meantime, home stretch of the NHL. Oh, the the trade deadline. Maybe the juiciest one I can remember, although my team is not really doing great shakes there. We'll talk to a couple of fellows in just a second here whose teams are apparently thriving around the trade deadline and in the standings. And uh, also the NBA regular season is winding down is what figures to be a juicy playoffs, I guess, on both sides of the brackets. But I have a revelation I want to share with the next voice you're about to hear. He is seated right now atop his manse, looking out over Hollywood, making all the big decisions for us, carving out an hour a week to kibitz with us about the world of sports. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Feeling good, I guess, as you collect all the nice assets that I wish my Pittsburgh Penguins had, but instead your Bruins are arming up with uh, even further. Well, it's funny while you you know, I knew we'd end up, we're going to talk some, some hockey with the, we got a, we got a uh, Wales conference, uh, chit, you know, conference final preview on Saturday with the Rangers and the Bruins. Um, I was thinking though, this would, I think we can make a lot of money with this app. Here's my idea for an app. And I obviously I don't have the engineering skills to do this, but you know how like on a podcast, you can fast forward on a podcast, right? Sometimes no, you know, what if we develop an app just for sports podcasts that as soon as the guys start talking about hockey, it fast forwards to, mm. to, to one of the sports that people care about. Like, okay, we don't have to talk about it. If you're going to start no, out with I this. Hot, look, I will talk endlessly about this Boston Bruins team. Of course, I am locked and loaded to talk about my beloved beast. I just know that, that, you know, people tune in and they're like, what's it going to be? And then it's like, I, you know, you know, you've, you've lived this life. The puck interest drops uh, significantly uh, from, you know, your Okay, here's, here's what it is. Dealer's choice. Kevin Hench's choice. If you, you do you want to talk about the kerfuffle between Lamar Jackson and a number of other voices from the Baltimore Ravens disparaging Eric DaCosta and the Baltimore Ravens? One, we could talk about Jalen Carter and what this means for the NFL draft as they gather around Indianapolis for the combined. Do you want to talk about the NBA? Here's the big revelation. I promised I stumbled into it the other day talking with Sal and Martin Weiss on uh, on extra points. Have we officially reached the place, Hedge, in your opinion, that the Eastern Conference of the NBA, because this has been 30 years ish, that one conference has dominated the other conference. Is the Eastern Conference now fully now? Is that spell broken and the East is superior to the West? I know that Golden State won the title last year, but, you know, the, the Bulls used to win the titles in the 90s. That didn't make the East tougher than the West. How say you? Well, uh, I think I, I suspect the number one team in the Western Conference, the team that's going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference, would be certainly underdogs against the Bucks, almost certainly underdogs against the Celtics, possibly underdogs against the Sixers. Um, as you go deeper into the Eastern Conference, now what we've seen 
in the last 36 hours is Kevin Durant is a difference maker who, you know, you talk about a shift of power. Like this one guy goes from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference. Suddenly that conference gets a team deeper. And obviously the Eastern Conference gets a team more shallow because the Nets are terrible. Um, So I guess for a minute there, certainly, but less so now, uh, because, you know, if if Kevin Durant, uh, Chris Paul and and Booker get to the finals again against the Bucs for a rematch, you'd be looking at, at teams that, you know, you'd be looking at a Phoenix team that pushed Milwaukee all the way and then added Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, they, they would have won that series if they'd had Kevin Durant. Um, so, so I'm not ready to write off the Western conference in light. Well, I also think, but I mean, I'm talking top to bottom one through 10, let's say, I think that the East is, is demonstrably better. If Aiden is right though, I, you know, as far as Phoenix goes to me, they're the only pick now to come out of the West. If you're gambling on good health, if what, what, to go against the Suns, as far as I'm concerned is to bet that they can't stay healthy. But if they do, and if Aiden's right come the finals, now you have a rim protector against Giannis. It, it, it does become very intriguing even in the final round there. But yes, I I, I, I sort of, it, it hit my brain the other day that finally the East has caught up to the West and surpassed it. And I don't think there's much of an argument about it very quickly because it is the buzz of the Extra Points Network this week. If you're listening to all the various shows, people are weighing in on this. Who do you think's getting out of the West then, Hench, if it's not the Suns? It's it's such a, a, a black group of teams that have a shot. To, I mean, you, you would think it's all, maybe the smart play is betting the East right now to win the title. Um, I, I just think the Bucs are a freight train. Like they, they even like they win when Giannis doesn't play. Like they, I don't, the Bucs, Brooke Lopez it, I don't know what is going on, but that guy dominates long stretches of games. Like Giannis is going to get a blow for six minutes and Brooke Lopez is going to have eight and five during those six minutes. Um, so, you know, what Brooke Lopez frees Giannis up to do all his Giannis stuff because you've got a seven footer clogging the lane, blocking shots, getting rebounds. Um, you know, Middleton seems almost all the way back. Holiday is awesome. And, you know, Portis and Inglis, the deep, like just that team to me is nobody's going to beat them four out of seven uh, in the East. In the West, I guess I would bet the Suns just because you don't want to make a bet saying, I think one of these three guys is going to get hurt. That's kind of a bummer of a bet to make. But I do think the Grizzlies. Uh, would beat the Nuggets. I really do think the Grizzlies would beat the Nuggets. I saw Suns barring injury, but if one of those guys goes down, which is would not surprise anybody, um, I'd like I'd like John Morant to come out of the West and then lose in five to the Bucks. Hey, but real quick, go ahead, we, haven't, go ahead. I, we haven't invented the app yet, but you know, I was texting you guys. I I can't imagine this has ever happened in the history of the NHL. I'm pretty sure the Flames got to 40 shots before the Bruins got to 10 and the Bruins won the game in overtime. And I'm like, is this, I mean, the president's trophy is usually a curse, but 
But I'm like, is there just something so magical going on with this team? Like, if you can't lose this game, like you can't, like you, they were so stuck in the mud. I mean, you mentioned the acquisitions. Dmitry Orloff was the only guy who looked like he wasn't playing in work boots. Like they couldn't skate. You, you ever, I mean, it's wild when you just see a team lose every puck battle, every race to every puck. I mean, in soccer, you see the inferior team will park the bus in front of their goal. They won't even try to possess the puck. It was the hockey version of that. They're just they're just peppering Linus Olmark, and he's turning everything away. And then they score to tie it in the third, and then they score with five seconds left in overtime. I was like, oh my god! But so that so the Bruins gave up their most shots of the season, fifty-seven. They had their fewest shots of the season, twenty, and they won the game. That's bananas. A good assignment for our intern Ford, who we haven't haven't. Uh, I haven't yeah, we got to get him on. Yeah, yeah really. This is a good assignment. I'm I'm excited for his results. We should probably do this off the air, but what the hell? Let's let everybody know what the so that Calgary game was the second game of a back to back, um, Edmonton to Calgary. So what I want Ford to find out for us, for our gamblers out there, is. I want to find out the Oilers and the Flames records when the visiting team has played the night before. Uh, because I mean, I don't, I mean, altitude is a real deal and you, they only really talk about it in Denver, but like apparently those, those towns are at altitude and it, the Bruins couldn't move. I mean, it was crazy. Now, of course they might've also gone out the night before, but I'd love to know, if there is some crazy statistical glitch where when you get a team, especially at the end of a road trip, that was the Bruins last game on a long road trip to the West. And they've played in one of the other two towns the night before, you know, are the, are the flames uh, 13, one and one in those 15 games. Now, what, what usually happens when I have one of these thoughts is that, you know, Ford does his crackerjack research and we find out like huh, their record's exactly the same. But we have yeah. to look. We have to look. All right. Our intern will dig into that one. I, I've, I've always said about these Denver-based teams, also the same is true in Mexico City, should ever an NFL team land down there, which seems to be a possibility. But um, shouldn't the Denver teams collectively be ashamed of themselves for not winning more titles, given that that's their inherent advantage? We talk all the time about like, oh, L.A. teams or Miami teams, good luck going up to the north and winning a playoff game in football. How come we don't say, like, good luck Lakers having uh, having to win three games in Denver going through the high altitudes? You never hear about that, shouldn't they? In other words, haven't they underachieved over these many years that a team has been a mile high? It is, it is wild that you would have such a training, you know, training, playing at altitude. I mean, boxers go up to Big Bear, right? Boxers train at altitude uh, and then come down to kick some <laughs> So you would think that, yes, the 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 Nuggets particularly, I mean, the Avalanche have won their cups, but, you know, why have the Nuggets not, not been noticeably better? I mean, like, I think Stadium Azteca, right, in Mexico City is, is at some crazy altitude. And, you know, the U.S. would go down there for decades and just be sucking pond water after 10 minutes and couldn't breathe. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> hey, Nuggets fans, be even more disappointed in your team than you've been 
for I mean, the you've done some good things, Avs, over the years, but maybe throw in a few more cups, given the inherent advantage that uh, that being that high up in the sky uh, affords you. Speaking of the avalanche, I was digging in on it. This is the recurring theme on this show, that if you're looking for a good play, I think Spaghetti and I park our cars in the same garage here. The Avs are the play, because the, the analogy I always make is, and I, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I don't know if we've ever talked. We have to have covered this at some point before, Hench. I always felt as a kid growing up watching the NBA, my old man was a Celtics fan. So that was always the rooting interest in our house, but watching it from in Pittsburgh, I always felt like the Celts got a little bit of a raw deal from the basketball gods because they had to go through in an era. They had to go through the high end Sixers, especially once they got Moses Malone. That was a, that was a for real team that might've been a dynasty were it not for those Celtics. Um, but the Pistons were really good and the Bucks were really good and the Hawks were really good. And here were the the Detroit, like, like I say, the Pistons were on the rise by the end of the 80s. And in the meantime, the Lakers got the Dallas Mavericks and the, you know, the 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 uh the jazz. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of who they who they would play. They would play the Nugs in the in the playoffs. The Suns were okay, not really good. Same thing here. Whoever survives the gauntlet of the Wales conference is going to be beaten up. The Avs, with the possible exception of the Edmonton Oilers, should be able to make their way to the final. That makes them, that gives them an edge, you would think. So you can bet them to win the cup at plus 550. Those are better odds than betting. I looked at uh, championship winning conference. The Western Conference is only plus 135. So you don't want to make that bet. And unless you think someone out of um, out of the central at plus 330, someone other than the Avs, if you want to spread it out a little bit, you could go central division. But I don't think anybody's reasonably going to win the cup if it's not the Avs out of that division. So... Anyway, that's the play. But now as we jump into this, I don't want to get I, I hear your noise, Hedge. I could talk about Puck for the next three hours. I know that the audience maybe at large doesn't love you it. You can't hear my noise because I didn't you asked like 11 questions that I didn't right. answer. Anything. OK, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Not, I was going to jump in. Go ahead. Go. Noise. You're right. I want to um, hear your noise. First, noise off. First of all, first of all, I, I just love the premise of, hey, feel bad for Celtic fans. I'm sure we'll get a lot like like feel bad for this this crazy uh uh you know I know you don't like us to call it uh the city of champions but um but it, you know it's been quite a it's been quite a life obviously now as brutal as those those 80s eastern conference runs were while the lakers as you mentioned were getting a buy into the finals every year like just a buy like there's there was just junk out there in the West. Um, but if you do, if you do want to feel bad for Celtic fans, and I know people are always looking for ways to feel bad for the Boston sports fan. I mean, the Len bias thing that that just would have that would have just been a seamless transition from bird to bias. And that's so brutal. That actually is something you can feel terrible for, for any, you know, for, for anybody, but um, that, you know, so when I think about those seven game series against the Bucks, seven game series against the Sixers, and then just being on fumes by the time we get to the rested Lakers, uh, I, I do, I do feel a little bad. We got the three titles. Um, 
no, no, you know, so, so the, that was a, a thrill, but then I just, I just remember crying in my dorm room, um, over Lenny bias and, 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 and also feeling like a piece of cause I was like, I was aware I'm like, well, obviously I wouldn't be crying in my dorm room if, if Brad Doherty died. So this is purely because I like the Celtics. Like what, how big a piece of am I? Like this kid is gone and I'm, and it's like, this is how it affects me. But anyway, um, so that I don't, was, I mean, that really was, uh, I, I remember being a kid when that happened and, uh, and how sad that was. And I, I, Lenny bias watching him at Maryland, boy, that, that, uh, summons memories, I guess at this time, you know, um, less important than, than the loss of his life, but those ACC tournaments are starting up. I contend that wasn't the smoothest transition away from the loss of life, but nevertheless, it's conference championship week. Much as I always say, the best time of the holiday season is the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Cause it's all in front of you. All the good times are about to go down. The conference tournaments are where it's at in college basketball for me. I love them. How say you? Well, it's funny, you know, I've always March, I, I've, I would argue for March uh, because of, because March Madness has always been my favorite sporting event. You know, it's like, you can't really, you, you can't, the Super Bowl is a game. So obviously football is king, but March Madness as a single event has more unbelievable stuff going on. And it kind of starts to your point with the conference tournaments. The bummer for me right now is my eyes are bleeding. I'm working so hard. I I, I can't imagine how little hoops. I'm Come on, get. we'll go out and get drunk starting at nine a.m. I love it. I love it. Thursday, you'll take a day off. I, uh, I'd love it. Oh my god, be so great. Can spaghetti? Can we do that? Is that something we'll go to Hench? How about that? Wouldn't that be a nice minus three road trip? Minus three road trip to wherever Kevin Hench is producing his uh, his latest. Uh, you know comedy special or whatever whatever the hell he does in show business we'll go over there we'll take a tv or a laptop or whatever we'll gather around with the with some beer and we'll watch basketball together and we'll stream it out with the people how about that hench i mean spaghetti what do you think of that uh, i don't want to yeah but i don't want to put the onus on hench coordinating and making sure we're allowed in but we 100 percent can go mobile and record from there um, let's do it we'll bring uh, some of the other gang hey, the rest um, of the gang fun um yeah, Mr. Hench, there, there are two guys at the gate, um, Dave Damashek. <laughs> they have a cooler. <laughs> and uh, They have a keg. Why did they bring uh, a keg? <laughs> Edward, Edward Spaghetti. <laughs> he wants to come drink with you. I'm at a rehearsal. Uh, please turn them away. We'll keep it down at least until the game gets into the Woo-hoo! last two minutes. Well, then, then, then all bets are off. Here's a good question for you, Hench, that I've been asking, and nobody seems to care about it, so I'm going to ask it to you. Here's a good okay. uh, topic for the old Manning cast. As opposed to, I think, every other sport, the funny wrinkle in college basketball is that the current teams wouldn't be able to beat the best teams of a generation or three ago, specifically. The 20th century, here are four teams that didn't win the national championship that would beat anybody in college basketball right now. You ready? The yeah. Houston Cougars of 1983, led by Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, plenty of size up front, great athletes all over, backcourt will be just fine. UNC 84, of course, in 82, Jordan as a rookie, as a freshman, hits the game winner against Georgetown. 
two years later, perhaps a better um, version of the team now with a ripening Michael Jordan leading the way. James Worthy has moved on, but you still have Brad, the aforementioned Brad Doherty and you have Kenny Smith coming out as a freshman now shooting it from the perimeter. This team is solid gold and would whip anybody now. UNLV 91, the team that lost to Duke in the final four, Larry Johnson, Spider Ogman, Greg Anthony, all the rest of them. And then Michigan, the Fab Five, the second edition, the sophomore year, the Chris Weber timeout against UNC. I think all four of those teams would win the tournament if you could inject them into it. How say you? No doubt. I mean, it's 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 kind of wild given like, you know, the 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 hundred meter dash time goes down. All all sports right. get better. You're like, you know. Pete Sampras, like no one's ever going to be better than this guy. It's like, oh my God, Roger Federer. Like no one's ever going to be better than this guy. Nadal, Djokovic, now this Alcaraz kid might be better than them all. Like that's the direction sports go in. So yes, you've found this weird glitch where we have a sport where guys are running like a 9-7 meter dash, a 10-4. Like it's getting, I mean, it's weirdly, I mean, it be, it's becoming, it makes it, thrilling because it seems like when East Tennessee State beats Duke or whatever, whatever this year's crazy upset, the names will still make it feel like an upset. But you're like, oh, th- th- all the games are kind of coin flips now, because if if you were actually a great NBA player, you would already be there. Um, so when you were when you were going through all those great names and I love that that Houston Cougar team. Uh, Larry Mishaw, Mr. Mean up front. Very nice. Very Michael nice. Young drafted in the first round by the Celtics. Didn't pan out. But um, Benny Anders, uh, Reed yep. Gettys, point guard Reed Gettys. Like that uh, That team, I don't Look think at that, that. See, Spaghetti? Hedge is the real that, deal. See, I don't this think is that why we have the old Manning cast. Old Manning cast. I, I don't, not only do I not think that team would lose in, in against these college players, I don't think they'd be tested. I don't, I don't think anyone would be handling Akeem the dream uh, in college. But not right. only when you're, when you're, indulge me this then. Games. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. By the way, okay, what let's I was, get what these four teams me, to play each other in a time machine. What, or something, what was right? occurring to me is like, is like not only would all those teams beat who any team that reaches the final four this year, but, Imagine this, um, a, a, the, the college champion, Georgia, Kirby Smart's Georgia national champions that we, we watched together in Vegas, dismantled TCU. That team is going to play um, a McDonald's All-American uh, a team of high school seniors in football. So we're going to have a football game between Kirby Smart's Georgia national champions and then, and then the incoming the best high school players, it, it would be 222 to nothing. Uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Cumberland College, right? It it, but in basketball, the five best players in high school playing the team that's about to win the college national basketball championship, the players that are gonna that are not gonna play college basketball would probably beat. It certainly wouldn't be a blowout. They would probably beat the 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 future uh, the the soon to be crowned NCAA champions because that's the nature of that sport now. You're and it, and and it's so it's actually good, especially when you look at the way 
bodies break down in basketball. It's good that these guys are playing in the NBA, 19, 20, 21 years old, not, not giving away all that, all that cartilage and jumping for free to, to, to UNC. Um, it is, it is the undercovered advantage that Alabama and USC and Ohio state and the real, the, the, the precious few true football factories that exist now is that they can promise a kid you are going to be playing on the big stage and you are best positioned for the NFL because we're not going to run you into the ground. If you go to a second tier program, they are going to lean on you a lot more than we are. You're going to be fresher for having attended Alabama than one of our competitors uh, is. I think I, I, that's a legit edge that kids probably want to hear is that we're getting you right for the NFL by saving your body a little bit. But and, what about and the other thing that's really great with the with the uh, licensing um, is, you know, I've always argued that you know labor laws if you can go work in a coal mine at 18 you should certainly be able to get paid for playing football at 18 and you know the fact that they will have these years to earn um money through licensing if the if if the ACL is looming they will have earned for those years as, as you know if they have a truncated NFL career and and that's a good thing you know this this idea that 18 year old shouldn't be allowed to earn money has always been insane, obviously. Well, it's always hinge that as we've talked about that hinges on and the fans agree with it. We don't want any disruption to what we know. That's all we, 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 we understand as human beings, of course, they should be eligible to make money if they're 18 years old. That's the point of going to college is to position yourself to make more money and to have the career you want to have. The reason that fans kind of harumph at it is because it might, require modification to the events to the tournaments and such that we enjoy watching and we don't want to see that happen very quickly on this on this though is are we sure that if you put let's say the 76 big red machine against the 2022 world series champs that they wouldn't be able to hang because of specialized pitching right i mean i think it's more it's it's i i just think everybody's better athletically, you know, I mean, the, the reason your college basketball thing works is like guys are not hanging out to play college basketball, you know, they're, they're going to the pros. So I just don't think as special as that team you mentioned was, I don't think, you know, it's like saying, well, uh, you know, could the, would the, the 50, one Yankees were so good. Could they beat the 77 Reds or like, well, you know, like it's like it, it would probably be, the, you know, there's a there's a shelf life. And and I just don't think any team from yesteryear, uh, you know, uh, but but I do appreciate in a weird way you're suggesting that my Babe Ruth is the greatest player of all time is correct. Well, I don't know about that, but I'll also say one more for you. 96, 97, 98, they were the writing was on the wall for the Bulls. I think like the 96 Bulls might be able to beat the 2022 NBA champs. How say you? Well, or your Celts, your 86 Celts, or your well, or the gonna, 85 I'm gonna, Lakers. I, I, I'm I, you know, normally I would I would go, I would say no way, but I will say, I mean, obviously Jordan is a is a special player, but I saw this stat that that really jumped out at me. You know, I send you guys my quizzes, right? My sports quizzes. And so this was a crazy stat. I think I, I don't know, I was doing like the top. I don't know, like the top 50 
NBA players, all-time steals, all-time steals. So number three is Michael Jordan. Hmm. And number and number seven is Scotty Pippen. So you've got two of the top seven all time in this kind of underrated category. Like, can you take the ball away from the other team without them getting a shot? You know, and the way Jordan and Pippen were so long defensively and so active defensively, that that transfers over generations. That they Jordan and Pippen would not look unathletic. And and short and you know like they they were just they were long defensive players and I don't think Grayson Allen uh, would have an easy go of it against against Michael Jordan and he gets playing time for the Bucks I think the Bucks are going to win the championship this year and and I don't think um, they you know they I don't know who they would send to check to try to check Jordan but he would fail and and Pippen was such a special player and that that complimentary you know you think about it like. How about this? How about the worm on Giannis? Right. You know, so, Giannis. So, so they, so, so the worm, you know, you, you have two of the top seven all time in steals. And then Rodman is a top five defensive player of all time and, and, and an agitator and an irritant. And, you know, you remember this from our days on the blue top, like the more athletic defenders you have, it makes each guy better, right? If you're so You've made it your guy pick up his dribble, which doesn't mean anything if the guy guarding the guy he's passing to to get out of the trap isn't busting his. But what happens is Rodman and Jordan double a guy. He picks up his dribble. He tries to pass to Pippen's guy. He shoots the gap and he's dunking the ball. And so that that particular team, even though, gosh, we're talking, you know, 25 years, I do think uh they beat the the 2023 bucks. I'm fascinated by these kind of discussions. I'm curious what Boy, Eddie I Spaghetti and my children. Because I, I love them. I love let's check with Eddie Spaghetti. And but but no jive though, Eddie Spaghetti. You got to shoot straight with us. Is this lame? Uh, no, it's not lame. I mean, I feel like this is a classic off-season topic, and I think it's uh something that people I mean, that's why people always compare Jordan to LeBron anyway. They talk about the different eras. I would like to see a matchup like that. I also think the Bulls will probably win, just they're a more physical team. All right, see, so we're not too far off the track there. Now, Eddie Spaghetti brought up an interesting subject um, earlier in the week, and now I want to transition. You mentioned Jordan and Pippen, two of the seven best defenders all time. We've talked about McDavid and Dreisaitl being two of the five best in the NHL right now. They're going to make the playoffs, are the Oilers. They've actually really done a nice job, it would appear, of um, – uh, fleshing out the rest of that roster. I don't know between the pipes, but otherwise they they do seem much better prepared now um, as the trade line comes and goes to, to make a run here. Would McDavid, first of all, let, let's ask what Eddie Spaghetti floated to you, Hench. Is McDavid now the disparity from him down to the second best in his sport, the greatest cavern existing in team sports right now? Between number one and number two, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's not. I, I, I don't think there's a ton of debate around that, right? It, 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 because you know, in basketball, it's negligible. Um, you know, if if Jokic is one and Giannis is one A or the other way around, um, and then you know, in in football, Mahomes, I think, is separated a little bit, but not not in a way 
that if you put him on a bad team, they would necessarily make a deep playoff run. McDavid is so special, obviously. You know, we've talked about it. He, he looks different. He moves different. Like, you you can be in a bar having a conversation with a highlight behind you, and out of the corner of your eye, you can tell it's a McDavid highlight because everybody is standing still, and he just, he just slaloms through the entire team and scores. Um, what's wild about that team is because, you know, he, he, like Jordan, he, he demands so much attention. A lot of guys are going to get a lot of better, a lot better real fast. Dreisaitl is completely legit. Nugent Hopkins and Marner, like, I don't know why they're not better. Like you, you, you follow everything a little more closely out there than I do, but like, are they just garbage on the blue line? Like, why are they not? Cause they, they're so explosive. In fact, to get back to my beloved Bruins, you know, hit the button on the app if you've got your own app that gets you through the hockey conversation. But but the Bruins, it's so insane. They, they've allowed 22 fewer goals than any other team. And they're only four goals, I think, behind the Oilers for the most goals. Think about this. You, you can't be the best at this part of the game and the best at that part of the game. But the point is the Oilers score like crazy and they must just give them up like crazy. And Linus Olmark uh, shooting the puck into empty goals. Everything's oh coming up ease, But like you touch on, there are a couple of paradoxes specific to the big time sports. One, the runaway best team in the NHL oddly almost never wins the cup. So the curse of the President's Cup is now hanging over the Bruins. Otherwise, you would say in any other sport, a team this dominant, you would say, well, of course, they're going to win the title. It would be a major upset for them not to. I don't feel the same where your Bruins are concerned. And by the way, because it's vaguely appropriate to what we're talking about, when you talk about player evaluation and Jordan and LeBron, it occurs to me, too, the thing that's really hard to assess when you say Mahomes Mahomes is so the three best quarterbacks of all time are Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. None of those three got a bulletproof endorsement from the scouting community before they made it to the NFL. And the latter two names, like Mahomes, at least he went behind Mitch Trubisky, but still went in the first round. I question how good Mahomes would be in any pro football situation. I don't know if he had gone to the Bears or to, you know, Jacksonville. Would he be Patrick Mahomes as we know him? Highly unlikely. One. Tom Brady, I don't think you would say Tom Brady. Yeah, if you would have just plugged him in to the Detroit Lions, they would have been great. I doubt that. And Joe Montana himself was a third-round draft pick. The player evaluation is bizarre in the sense that we all knew coming in, people knew, I guess, Gretzky was going to be good. The hype around Lemieux, it worked out. Eric Lindros was hyped up, but the all the injuries and concussions and stuff kind of derailed that. And McJesus, everybody knew. And same thing with Kid Crosby. Basketball. You knew Jordan was going to be good. There was some buzz. Should they should the trailblazers a set of Sam Bowie? We didn't know he was going to be the best of all time, but you knew he was going to be good. LeBron, you knew was going to be good. The Shaq and Kareem and all that. Only only in football is the player evaluation, and yet we hang our hat on it in the same way we do any player evaluation. But here we go again with the quarterback evaluators who get it right about 55, 60% of the season. I find that fast or, uh, if, uh, of, uh, of NFL drafts going forward. Fascinating. I say, well, this next uh, segment is going to seem like we have pre-production meetings because it's, it's so good. It's, it's unbelievable, but I, your, your McDavid 
gap to the second place guy got me thinking about this, you know, this stat that we all are vaguely aware of. But I so while you were talking about whatever you were, whatever you were just just hammering about, but noise, I, I, uh, I did the math on my phone here. So now I'm going to form it in the, I'm going to phrase it in the form of a quiz as I like to, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So you both, and this is whoever gets closer to the numbers, the winner, uh, uh, check or spaghetti. Okay. So McDavid to number two, big gap. Okay. John Stockton, NBA all-time leader in assists. Jason Kidd, number two. Okay? All right. If you took that gap as a percentage, as a portion, how many home runs would somebody have to hit more than 762 to, to have the same mathematical percentage gap between one and two if Barry Bonds was in second, how many more home runs than Barry Bonds would this guy have to have to have as many more assists than than Stockton has over Kidd? So Stockton's one, Kidd's two. This is how how far and away John Stockton is as the all-time assist leader, and it's very close on steals too in the hmm. in the same amount. So you're guessing a number. That is more than 762. And I'll say, and I'll give you less than a thousand. Okay, here we go. 770. Well, why, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have brought it up if it was that close. It's going to be easy. I did. I couldn't again. tell if it was going to be super close or if it was going to oh be, God, if it was going to be a blowout. I, I didn't David know what you were saying. I don't know what you were The whole point was the McDavid disparity is what reminded me of this. So obviously it has to be big. Now, spaghetti, don't Maybe do the don't do the prices right thing, spaghetti, and just no. say 771. You're gonna win, obviously, but take a real crack at it. Well, I remember from my days of when I used to work on the uh Series XM NBA channel, I do remember that Stockton was a few thousand, a couple thousand ahead of kid. So if he's two or three thousand ahead of kid. The percentage uh, to go past bond. I mean, I, I'm Love terrible it. with I'm terrible Love with numbers. It. No, but your your head's in the right space. It's amazing. I mean, it's I mean, obviously you've you've shamed Sheck already, but 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 just just keep stay on that thread. But it, but it, it would have to be over a thousand home runs. Well, except for the part that I just said, it's less than a thousand. Oh, it's less than a thousand. Uh, how, how bad is I'm the terrible, connection? I'm, I'm terrible with math. I, I, <laughs> but how does that make sense? How does three thousand or two thousand assists more? I, I yeah, I mean, all right, so okay. nine fifty. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, not bad. So okay. it's so for somebody to have as many more home runs than Barry Bonds as a percentage, as a proportion, then. John Stockton has more assists than number two, Jason Kidd. They would have to hit 996 home runs. And we don't talk about John Stockton like far and away, far and away, just statistically not even close. The the sheer tonnage of assists and steals of this guy. Uh, So so he's yeah, he's like. 3,700 assists ahead of, of kid uh, who's in two. Um, but anyway, that was compelling podcast. I thought it was a fine question. I got confused. I, I could have sworn like Stockton 
surpassed Magic in like the final year or two of his career. And I, oh, so that's no, why no. I tripped went up that it was ever. He went on forever after he passed Magic. Huh? Okay. Well, obviously I got that wrong. Um, I, I can I can make this McDavid topic a little more digestible for the non-NHL crowd if we're trying to avoid that. My other point too with the McDavid thing was across the four major sports, he is by far the best. And I think the correct answer in terms of the three most valuable, I know Sal did this on on uh, against all odds the other night and, and brother Bry had my exact top three. I think number one is McDavid, huge gap. Number two would be Patrick Mahomes. The number three would probably be Shohei Otani. Um, you could throw in judge there. You want to argue offensive output versus, you know, what he does in the pitching mound. But the problem is the angels as a team, not very good. I think the NBA, hence you said, like there's too many guys who could, could be considered the number one best player. And a lot of the teams are, pretty even Mahomes much like McDavid covers a lot of flaws on that Chiefs roster there's no running game very you know the receivers besides Kelsey are lackluster defense had some holes they played pretty well in the Super Bowl the the Edmonton Oilers are so bad they were so bad last year in terms of like uh defensive zone entry their goaltending obviously was miserable and they've tried to adjust that but if you replace McDavid with a league average or even a all-star, you know, number one center, you put, you know, uh, Mika Zvinjad from the Rangers, who's, who's phenomenal. You put him on the Oilers. They're nowhere near where they are. They are nowhere near being the second best odds to, uh, to win the cup out of the West. They're not plus 1400. They are a bad, not even borderline playoff team. And that's the reason why he is so good. I mean, five straight games with multiple, multiple goals. Uh, it's only been done a few times in history. He is, he is otherworldly. Well, let me ask you guys this, because you you really get into the nitty gritty with Puck. So it seems to me, I mean, obviously finding a McDavid is is impossible, that there's one a generation. But then, like, to have Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and Marner just putting the puck in the net a whole lot, it seems like the things they're missing are a lot easier to find than guys like they have up front. So it's like... For Christ's sake, you did the hard part. You you have this killing machine uh, of, a, of a goal scoring unit and, and just get some guys who can enter the zone, you know, get the, you know, lug the puck, get the puck out. You know, what what's happening on that blue line? What I mean, it, it's well, my point is always is that they it, it's not as though they're just those two players. They do have some decent depth there. It, it, it really is confusing to me. I am. I know I'm like a fool being a skeptic of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's a gargantuan difference between Patrick Mahomes and the other quarterbacks in the NFL. I wouldn't put him probably. I don't know. It sounds, it sounds, it seems very Barnwell. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to cite the wrong guy, but somebody, or maybe it was, was Warren Sharp, but somebody broke down Mahomes, um, a, you know, home road, man to man zone, blitz, no blitz. He's exactly as effective against everything. Like it was the craziest mm. consistency. Doesn't matter where he's playing. Doesn't matter if you blitz him or not. Doesn't matter if you go zone or like he's just so, I, you know, I mean, obviously he's still young and the the record it, it, it's, you know, he's the he's the heir apparent and and uh, Brady blew by cool Joe. And uh, I would not be surprised if 10 years from now we're like Holmes is at six. It could happen. I think. Well, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I. I hear you. Listen. The deeds. The. The results are what you point to, but it, not individual numbers either. I mean, the five straight. Uh, you know, uh, postseason performances and all of that. Um, hard to argue against. 
But I, I, what I think is interesting too, with where McDavid is heading this deep into his career, year eight in his career, is you have Ted Williams as the best baseball player to never win the World Series, right? Or and Mike Trout is getting himself into that conversation, unfortunately, too. Dan Marino, the clear-cut best football player to never win the title. I think Connor McDavid might exceed both of those guys and go down as the greatest of all time, the greatest team sports athlete of all time to never win the title. Is that uh, is that accurate, Hench? Well, I yes, I guess if he doesn't win a title, but like, and I know you're going to start yelling at me if I mention Ray Bork, but there's virtually no way Connor McDavid won't win a title, whether he wins one in Edmonton or not. He'll he'll invariably end up at a deadline deal. You know, if it if if the Edmonton thing has to get blown up for a for a bunch of draft picks, he'll he'll win a cup. He's just too. He's too good. Um, I, I don't think he's winning one this year for Edmonton, but, um, you know, he's, his best thing he's got going for him is that if things are the way they are, because a lot of big name guys just shifted over to the whales to strengthen what already is a mighty. I, I, I'm just sick in my balls about where the Pittsburgh Penguins are, what Ron Hexel, who I told you years ago was a spy for the Flyers, and it's proving out to be exactly what I thought. He, he he laid down in the weeds. Nobody was really paying attention. And now, right now, he's making critical moves to damage the, the organization. Well, long speaking term. of people telling other people things a long time ago, Spaghetti and I told you at the beginning of the season how bad your team was, and you were like, yelling at us like Sal even no, it wasn't it. i said they're not i said they're gonna make the playoffs i didn't i didn't say that i expected them to win the stanley cup i did i said no oh God, you i said no me. such thing look oh up my at my look at my Sal prediction. bet on it sal placed a no playoffs bet and okay. he said he's doing this because of, of what uh you know we said in the pod not me saying how good they are. I said they're going to make the oh, playoffs. It was the, it was the last roundup. It was 17 years. It was glorious. That's right. right. Like, and I'm know. happy that they're still here. I don't like what, what, what the, you're, you're, the you're irony, happy. the irony that, that Jeff Carter and these bum moves are, are somehow undermining special seasons, given how old they are of 87 and 71. Here's something that's completely. They're not that old. Is that yeah, how they are? Here, here's what's not going to 87 what, and 71. They're play. I take it back. They're playing great. I did not realize <laughs> they were that old. Chris Latang's 58 years young, relatively uh, youthful by comparison. Yeah. Listen, what's not going to happen again next year is that those guys are all going to be healthy again. They sh- like Crosby and Malkin are not likely to, to go the majority of the season in perfect health as they have this year. It's just, a, it's just many, such a waste. How many, of a bummer, I don't, but, you know, you don't, you don't ballpark. How many multi-goal leads has that team blown in the third period this year? Like it may it it listen, it really is very upsetting to me. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. The thing about Caesar Sportsbook, it's not just an app, it's your key to a whole empire. Hotels, casinos, restaurants, shows, Caesar's Palace. I'm sure you've heard of it. Every bet you place with Caesar Sportsbook brings you closer to perks only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays at iconic destinations, app bonuses, merch, show tickets, and many more Caesars rewards perks. So get started today. Register using code Omaha Full and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a bet credit. 
If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's get into it then. Let's get into our goat and goats of the week because I'll, I'll just start it off. Ron Hextall is blowing it. They have a chance. I Now, philosophically, I don't know how much the Penguins or Spaghetti's Rags or Hench's Bruins or any other team who would like to find themselves in, in the Stanley Cup final this year in a few months from now, how much you want to commit future assets to trying to do it right now when the gauntlet is as is, is, is terrifying as it could possibly be. I'm not counting the Penguins in that. I'm saying the top six teams, though. I'm, you know, if you're the Canes, you're you're very good. Also, the Devils are right behind you. By the way, if a Penguins fan is listening to me right now, what you root for is obviously making the playoffs, but th- but really threading the needle to give them the best possible chance. Get the seven seed, hope the Devils win the division and play them in the first round. That's the best chance you're going to get because you don't want to catch the Bruins and the Canes would destroy the Penguins in a seven game series. But um, I, I think that's an interesting question. But Ron Hextall, so you're what you're doing you're, is definitely what you want. What you're hoping happens is that you shame the Devils in the first round. Ah, very nice. The other one, quickly, I'll, I want to take more time to really dig in on this. You know what's the most overrated dessert? Tiramisu, which is weird because tiramisu is has such a range of interpretations. It could be all different. It could be like in a pudding thing. It could be in a circle like coffee mug. It could look like a slice of cake. It can, It could be inside of a cookie. You know, like sometimes it's in one of those circular Italian cookie things and you break it with a fork and everything. None of them taste good. What are we doing with tiramisu that this is one of the like four or five tentpole dessert items in the 21st century? Every restaurant gives you a tiramisu now. The problem is no matter what form it takes, it never really tastes very good. So that's my those are my two goats this week. Now, where we're talking culinary matters. 
I do want to give a quick shout out. You know, beer gets a really bad rap because there's a percentage, a smaller percentage of people who drink a beer or maybe two or three, and then their personality changes for the worse. And now beer is getting blamed for a lot of things. You know, look at what it did. It changes that guy's personality. He's usually so lovely, but when he drinks, oh, look out. I've been watching the Murdaugh uh, documentaries and apparently Pawpaw Murdaugh change. He, he got to be a bad guy when he got a couple belts in him. So another story, another example of why booze is, is bad for you. But you know what we don't talk about? How many people become more delightful when they get a couple of belts in them? You know, people who you couldn't, uh, who you wouldn't want to get stuck in the corner at any party with for more than three minutes. But if they have a couple belts in them, a lot more fun to talk to. Here's to you, beer. Still the goat. I uh, I had a uh, I had a Moscow Mule last week. I think I so I, I just have been so tired. Like I'm just I, you know I don't have the legs. I'm like I'm like the penguins. I, I just run out of gas, but no, I was no so it was a combination. Okay. I was, I'm, I was so tired. You know, my eyes were watering, but I'm like, Oh my God. It was, I think it was, I think it might've been Friday night. I was like, I, I've earned a cocktail. I pour myself, I make a Moscow mule. We got the ginger beer. It was raining. It was one of, I didn't go out to the At your house. You bought the ingredients for a Moscow mule. Oh, it's my drink. It's my drink. But anyway, so I have a drink. I'm delightful. I'm I'm loopy. I'm loopy. I'm 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 yucking it up for the kids. I'm a I'm a one man show all of a sudden, and I'm very aware. Like I'm basically hammered because my, I'm so tired that my tolerance has been reduced to nothing. But listen, on my birthday, guaranteed, wherever we go, tiramisu, my favorite dessert by far, not even close. And all those forms you mentioned, incredible. As long as you have the espresso, like it's delicious. You're out of your mind. The chocolate powder, like sometimes it gets in your throat oh, and makes you cough a little bit. Like, oh, you know, it's all, it's, you know it's what I mean? So I, and the, the co I like coffee and I like chocolate, but the blend of the two, it just doesn't sing for me. Oh, I, I, OK, incredible. take it away, Hench, your goat okay. and goats. OK, so my goat, you we, we talked about him briefly, but, you know, I mean, and this is like when you're trying to be like, okay, is this is this a magical season, or is the president's uh, president's trophy curse just going to get blown away by this super team? So when Linus Olmark scored his goal last week, um, he they were only up by one, right? I mean the 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 basic thing is like obviously you know if if you're Brodeur, if you're up if 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 they pull the goalie and you're up two goals, give it a shot. But when you're clinging to a one goal lead and you're and you can't ice the puck, it's kind of a bad play, right? I mean, it's not, it's you know, it's but that was the play to me of a team that's like, well, we we know we're not gonna lose, we never lose. So what you know, I'm gonna take this opportunity to just launch a one hopper to the middle of the net. And it was, I don't know, it just felt like such a signifier for the level of confidence they play with that they just know they're gonna win. So so then he follows that up with, I mean, his 54 saves against the Flames when the Bruins, it it felt like a game long five on three. It just felt like you were like, uh, too many, two men, two minutes. Oh no, 60 minute penalties for these two guys. 25 of those saves were breakaway point blank from the slot. Like he stood on his head and kept them in the game. And so he's my go of the week. 
And I think he's going to lean us to the promised land. Ah. Uh, uh, lean us all, Mark. And then, and then my bad goat, I, I, I kind of had a whole, whole rant uh, uh, worked up about this, but like, it was just a small part of it. But like, I just saw, I didn't read it, but I saw that, you know, Patrick Reed was suing the Golf Channel or Brand, Brandon Chambly for saying mean things about him. And, and I just saw that it, it, the case was dismissed, um, you know, this liable case. And I just want to say, like, nothing anyone has ever said about you, Patrick Reed, whether, you know, whether it's true or untrue, nothing anyone has ever said about you could defame you more than you have defamed yourself by associating with this live tour. Like, don't, you know, don't you know what it represents? Don't you know who that guy is? Don't pretend you don't know where that blood money is coming from, you know? So I don't know what Chambly said or what the Golf Channel said. I'm sure they didn't go far enough to really express what scumbags these guys are, sports washing, uh, uh, the country where 19 of the hijackers came from. It's it's astonishing to me. And it's astonishing that every single sentence about Patrick Reed or Dustin Johnson or Phil Mickelson doesn't start with this paragraph, doesn't start with notorious, horrible human being, Patrick Reed. That's how we should talk about these people. They know what they did. They know what they're doing. And instead, what we what we all like to do, what we prefer to do is to go, hey, let's talk about the merits of the live tour. Let's see if it, you know, competition's usually good. You know, hey, Hench, you're you're a capitalist. You like competition. Let the let the best tour win. And and it's like, um, yeah, in this case, we shouldn't have that conversation. We should, you know, it's if you watch a soccer game. In Pablo Escobar's Colombia, or 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 uh, a Hitler is hosting a soccer game. You you don't have to wonder who's going to win, right? We know who's going to win because those are not democracies, right? That's totalitarian. So this idea that you can lay down with a totalitarian regime and and just kind of wa bathe in their human rights abuses and take their blood money, it's completely insane to me that that we that we don't address these guys that way every time we mention them. So Patrick Reed gets the bad goat. Uh, it's 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 eternal. The shame these guys have brought on themselves. And for what? For what? How many millions more? You know, it was going to be millions over here. It was going to be millions. But you wanted how many millions more? I mean, it's, it's, it's way, way, way more. But still, I am with you 100 percent. But Phil Mickelson, the joke's on him because he's standing out there. He's a 50 year old man in his shorts and his man bosoms out there. And he's he's out there competing against these people. That's ridiculous. Von Sydow was right when he went to Hitler's soccer game against the uh the the uh, the prisoners of war in victory, of course, was Sly Stallone and uh, and the rest of that gang, Michael Caine and everybody. Von Sydow couldn't help himself. Pele scored on that bicycle kick. He stood up, gave a standing ovation, and and his fellow Nazi officers looked at him with scorn. And but you knew Von Sydow was right. And then you know, eleven minutes later, probably Von Sydow caught a bullet in the back of his head when game was completed. But yes, I hail what you just said there, Hench. Spaghetti, take it away. Yeah, so we talked a lot about McDavid. He would have been my one of my goats. Um, I will add though, sort of a a goat. I'll I'll say best bet. 
Uh, I know Sheck before you mentioned you like the Avalanche, and I said the uh, the Oilers are plus fourteen hundred to win. But I think out of the West, I, I really do like the Knights at plus fifteen hundred. I think they're. Uh, I a saw you team. text that. And I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mention that one no, as well. I, yeah, uh, I'll I'll plug it in now instead of my goat. But yeah, McDavid's the goat. I just don't think the Oilers have what it takes to to get over the hump. And I like a team like the Knights that has the difference-making player in, in a Jack Eichel. I like their deep at center. They have a good defensive group. They just made the trade for Jonathan Quick, who frankly stinks this year, but at least he has that veteran playoff experience. I do like them. I kind of like the Stars, too, but if I had to pick one team out of the West and you want some better odds in the Avalanche, I would go with the the Knights there. But, yes, great week. For, I like uh, the Stars, all right. But, yeah, I, I, to me, it's it's the Avs and and uh, the Oilers. But, yes, I, but I think the Avs decisively – because Nate McKinnon, by the way, we talk about load management all the time in the NBA. Are we positive? Is this too cynical to say maybe Nate McKinnon convinced the the, the higher ups? Like, would it be terrible if I happen to be injured for a, for an entire month in the middle of the season? These cup runs are wearing me out after all. It's like possible. Kevin Hedge. I mean, I, I just think it's going it, to it'd be pretty interesting for hockey to go from a dynasty from the with the lightning to then all of a sudden a back to back cup champion with the avalanche. Um, I just don't I don't think the Oilers could be any t- those teams we just mentioned in the West in the series. I just don't see it happening how, how bad they are defensively. So um, but yeah, McDavid, five straight multi-goal games. Scored 50 goals this week, so he gets my my one go. This one, um, I I found this shocking. I'm He's sure going to wind have... up with 70 goals in the 21st yeah. century. It's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. But I, I'm sure you guys have read or skimmed over that NFLPA, um, the survey thing. Obviously, uh, the Ravens are making the, a lot of news from the what the GM said, at, which should have been a pretty average, boring press conference today. But uh, they were in on this list, too, and they had some uh, they had an F minus grade in their strength and conditioning coaches and other the other highlights or lowlights rather of this. Obviously, no surprise to anyone. The commanders uh, finishing last in the rankings here. The Cardinals not too far behind, got an F grade in five out of seven categories um they uh you know you have a team like the the, the cardinals who are said like the, the locker room had floorboards like uneven and lifting up and, and the, the carpets peeling and you had a team like the jaguars that had rats in the laundry room and like the hamper for all like the players like uniform and equipment and you had um i believe it was like the Bengals. the Bengals didn't have any outlets for the the players to plug in and charge their their phones or their other mobile devices and whatever and the no charges- lights the Bengals have no lights in the apparently facility. Apparently not. Uh, the Chargers, like the hot and cold tubs weren't working. The hot tub was like they said it was gross. You couldn't use it. And, and so I guess in a way that my. That they, what this, would it, Jack Splat and Mean Joe and L.C. Green would have done if they couldn't have charged their phones? <laughs> I mean, it would have been. Made himself a Moscow <laughs> mule. But after that, they would have been pissed off. Well, this is why I'm kind of towing the line with what the, the bad goat is. But I, and in my brain, uh, you know, I just figured once you get to a certain level, you are, you know, the NFL is investing in you. They're, they're wasting, not wasting, but they're using draft capital on you. You have succeeded to the point where you're a professional athlete making millions of dollars. And this stuff that I'm hearing is like literally what my high school and other of my friends, high school's teams like went through. This is not on par from the NFL, just being near the league for so many years working with them. It's like, once you've made it, you are living the life and deservedly so because you are the best of what you do. So to me to hear this is so strange. And that's why the NFL, these teams get my bad going. And then the Ravens with the strength and conditioning coach getting an F minus. I know that he's been fired now. He caused that COVID outbreak. Uh, the team had a couple of years back where they had to play that weird game on a different day. Um, and now a bunch of players are, are complaining about it too. So this is almost like, you know, we, we blame players for being injured. Oh, this guy's always banged up. He's always injured. 
And I never really thought about how it does matter, like how the players are being prepared, how they're being taken care of. And it just seems like across the board that this Ravens staff was as bad as it gets for these million dollar athletes. And uh, I feel terrible for all those those guys whose careers were cut short or had to deal with these injuries, these nagging injuries. I know Rashad Bateman now is being very vocal about it for a guy who was never injured. Um, so this survey actually showed me a lot. And I, I think a lot of teams need to do some reflecting so they get my bad goat. Well, I like it. And um the NFLPA finally doing something on behalf of of the the players in the union. Good for them to shout this out and impre- a little bit of shame can can go a long way. So I like that. And now a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Added goat, Dave Damashek. I was right about this Lamar Jackson thing. I told you it was going to be a mess and now it's a mess. I told you a lot of smarter people than I said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Dave. I said, you watch and see, this is going to be a mess. And so it is. All right, listen, maybe this episode was a mess, but I found it positively delightful. Great oh, wait, to hold, chop hold it up with you a little are bit we, there. Are we, go ahead. Are we going to give out, are we going to give out any picks? Go ahead. I'd love okay. for you to throw I'd out some picks here. I'd what I would like a futures bet between you. It doesn't even have to be monetary. What about Rags VBs? Well, who goes well, further well, in the that's, playoffs? Uh, that's that? one of my picks. So I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go backwards. I'll start with Sunday. Okay. So um, Spaghetti's Knicks quietly owning the Celtics, uh, beat them in overtime in, in January and thumped them last month uh, in in, um, in New York. Um, they meet on Sunday, and I I will say this: How much would the Mavericks rather have Jalen Brunson right now than Kyrie Irving? Uh, you know, I, I last I saw Kyrie and Luca were one and four playing together. Who who'd have thought? It's like I talked guy, about that I'm earlier. Here. I'm starting to feel sad for Luca. I don't typically feel bad for guys that aren't on my team. Like, oh, they're in a bad spot. It's getting weird, though, that Luca is like the third or fourth best player in the NBA, and he's not come anywhere close, really. I'm well, oh. I, I mean, I guess. But I, and Kyrie at best is lateral. Like he doesn't he's not you're, you're No one ever gets better when when he arrives. And then usually they go on a bit of a tear when he leaves. But so Jalen Brunson, though, like. I could, I looked at his stats and I was like, wow, this guy shoots such a good percentage. He's scoring 23 a game and really like given Randall another legit scorer, uh, you know, so that I think explains why the Knicks are, are pretty darn good. That said, the Celtics stop messing around with this crap oh. team. Come on. Like, let's, let's put it on them on Sunday, double digit win for the Celtics on Sunday. 
But Saturday, the big one, the Wales Conference preview, Rangers-Bruins. Okay. You know, we've mentioned the President's Trophy curse. I know there. I know there's no way for the Bruins not to win the President's Trophy at this point. But please don't try to break these records. Please don't. Please right. don't exhaust yourself to the finish line to to break some kind of meaningless record with the with the way OT is played now. So please please don't push so hard to the finish line that that you that you lose to the Penguins in the first round. Um, and that said. I, I I both I both would like and will wager on that these these five or six losses that have to happen down the stretch. One of them is going to happen on Saturday to these new look Rangers oh. um, who who uh, are are really the Rangers are doing it exactly right. Right. You're in a good spot. You, you don't you know, and then you just add a ton of firepower right when it matters for nothing. They had they got that Patrick Kane for nothing. For nothing, and you know, you, we've seen it a million times, right? These guys who've been in a bad situation, they just get a burst. They just That's get right. a crazy burst when they're like, "Oh my God, I'm surrounded by talent. I don't have to be the guy." Uh, you know, I, I can I can hang out and wait for the bread man to find me. Um, so so how are they affording all this spaghetti? I really do. The bread man's like what the second highest paid guy in the league. They they're pretty tied with the cap, especially with they're 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 playing a man down because of the Keandre Miller uh, suspension. I know like they waited so long for the Kane move to happen because each day they don't have them. It's like less and less against the cap. So they can also do the emergency call up. They're not allowed to because they're too close. They were like sixteen hundred dollars under the cap. Uh, like a day ago. So, but they, I mean, look, they, they manage it. Chris Drew did a phenomenal job managing it to make sure they're under, uh, they're not pulling any funny business like that. Uh, with the, you know, the, the, the lightning did a few years back. Kucherov. With Kucherov. Kucherov, exactly. So the, the long-term injury reserve thing and calling him back to the playoffs, they're not doing that. Everything is by the books and completely legal, but they are, you know, they're right there in the line. They're probably going to lose Kane or Tarasenko or rental in the off season, but that's fine. Like they have their core guys still. Well, I hope the Bruins are doing that with Taylor Hall. I hope they are cooking the books because they, you know, saved six million dollars on the cap by putting him on the long term. Um, but hope to Sheck's point, I hope that's a McKinnon thing of like, ah, you know what? I think we're gonna make the playoffs. Why don't you get some rest? Well, now you've locked up Pasternak, and I wonder where they are. You know, they're going for it as they should. Bertuzzi is the big ad UFA when the season ends there. The Bruins should go for it. This is my big thing with anybody, as I said, like, I don't know how much you go in right now in this conference because, but if you don't go in right now, it could be a very long winter for the likes of the Bruins and the Penguins because the Sabres are not going anywhere for a long time with the with what they've got going on the blue line and with Tage and company up front. And Ottawa is getting good. It's weird, but the Ottawa Senators are about to move into not a short stretch of being a really good team. And Jersey is looking that way. And Spaghetti's rags are kind of in the in-between space now because they're some of their bigger name guys are a little, you know, are, are tracking towards 30 or the wrong side. But I mean, you better go for it now because these teams that have been bum teams for a while appear to be entering a period of three or five years of being really good teams. So anyway, I feel like the the, the Rams, you know, sort of showed the way like just, that's right. Just empty. They were empty. The holster empty, the empty that, you know, it's like, what are we doing it for? You know, and then you take it on the chin 
and then you and then you rebuild. But like if you're close, I, you know, especially because like Bergeron, like you know, this this feels like the last go round. That's right. Um, and 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 you know, send him out on top. Um, okay, wait. Do we have more picks going? What, where, where did we leave off here? Uh, Hench was running through some picks here. I'm done. I'm done. I'm. Oh, done. you're done. I'm gonna take the Pitt Panthers on the money line. I can't find it down in Miami, bouncing back. They have won some games that you wouldn't expect. Looking at it on a piece of paper, that they'd have any shot at. Miami has been a a real good team all through the ACC season and even before that. The Panthers. I, it was a trap game, classic trap game in South Bend on Wednesday night. No matter, I'm going to take the Pitt Panthers claiming the ACC regular season title down there in uh, in uh, in Coral Gables. All right, Hench is going to go as Spaghetti blow, blows through uh, his picks here. If you have some for us, or if not, uh, we can call it a day. Yeah, nothing really. I mean, if you want to give an actual bet for them, you know, we've listened to this on a fr- uh, Thursday, the Friday, March 3rd. I mean, I talked about the the, the Knights. Uh, I said I liked them plus 1,400 to, to win the Cup because I think the West is an easier path. They happen to be playing the Devils, but they are at home. They're a home dog. You can get them at home plus the goal and a half. Um, that's pretty fun if you want to bet on the Knights to win a game versus the Devils. But they don't have their there. best player. I don't know how how they could go deep without their captain, right? I I, I just feel they're, they're deep at center. They're deep at defense. I mean, they have a, a decent enough goalie room. There's things I like in the playoffs. Like I, I I think they'll be okay. I root against I root against any team that's under ten years old. They they haven't been around long enough. Their fans haven't earned it. They haven't suffered enough to to have any claim to winning a Stanley Cup for any uh, any season anytime soon. All right, listen. Long, rangy, so was our conversation with Joey Molinaro that started this sports week. Go back and listen to that. A lot of fun yapping with him, and we're excited for the month of March here. Like uh, like we say, lots of good times upcoming here between March Madness. Let's work on doing that live stream. Is there any value to doing that? Let's, uh, let's talk to Sal and beyond and see maybe Thursday or Friday. That could be fun to jump on and watch along with the people out there. Um, and give our best bets as we as we uh, chop it up there. Maybe that'll be it against all odds thing. I don't know. Anyhow, we'll figure that out for you, and uh, we'll figure out what just happened in the sports weekend when we talk next on Monday. Until then, for Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, and everybody at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>